0: i going to make him an offer them. I feel the need, the need, for Steve. He's watched every movie more than once. He's Stephen Fennick. Go ahead, make my day. He's watched the latest Disney movies with his kids. Uh, but that's about it. He's Trevor Long. talking to me together they bring you the best movies you've never seen
1: I will look for you I will find you
0: and I will kill you rent BioStream stream the latest and greatest movies on Fetch The best movies you've never seen.
1: The first rule of Fight Club is, you do not talk about Fight Club.
0: With Stephen Fennick and Trevor Long. This is the captain. Brace for impact. Hello and welcome to our brand new podcast, The Best Movies You've Never Seen. My name is Stephen Fennec. You can call me a total movie nerd and I'm joined by my good mate, Trevor Long, who we've named this podcast after. He hasn't seen many movies, so this is really inspired by Trevor's lack of his movie experience. Trevor, how are you going? Really good, mate.
1: I uh, I lived uh, a sheltered life and I didn't see anywhere near as many movies as you did, uh, not through lack of interest, perhaps just through uh, lack of time. I don't know, but I'm well, absolutely looking forward to discovering a whole bunch of movies that I should have seen.
0: Well, this, this podcast was inspired by, of course, you know us from our Two Blokes Talking Tech podcast, which has been running for more than 10 years, and we often often branch out on tangents, talking about various things. And this this idea for this show came up uh, from a conversation we had about a couple of movies. I think one in particular, the Sound of Music, which you'd never seen. And th- th- that's, that's where the seed of this podcast grew from. But you basically can't believe that there's someone
1: on the planet that hasn't seen some of the most iconic movies ever. Um, and I hope, frankly, that I'm not the only one.
0: Yeah, I don't think – I think, yeah, you're not the Lone Ranger there. There's a lot of the movies, and we, we've got a, got a great list of films we're going to be going through each week. We're kicking it off, though, with – we're coming in hot, I think, with a, with a great film, The Godfather. Now, often considered by many, many movie fans as one of the best films ever made, it is my personal number one movie of all time, my favorite. I'm a tragic Star Wars fan, I know, but this has a special place for me. It is my number one film. It was was released in 1972, directed by Francis Ford Coppola based on the Mario Puzo novel of the same name that came out in 1969. And here's, how's this paramount purchased the rights to the novel after Mario Puzo had only written an outline about what the novel was going to be all about. So they knew from the get go, this was something they wanted to get on board at the time paramount, the studio was in a bit of trouble. They needed a hit and they were hoping and banking that this was going to be it. So, I think uh, history has shown that it, it has been a huge, huge film. It was a really troubled production as well. There was a lot of stories. We'll, I'll talk about a bit later about things that went on behind the scenes, some things that were going on. No one ever envisaged the success. Next year is going to be the 50th anniversary of this movie, 2022. So it's a 1972 50th anniversary. I'm hoping that they will come up with a 4K edition. It's not out in 4K yet, but – Let's get to you, Trev. What we now, so we want to talk about your impressions before your first viewing. So, you'd heard of The Godfather. Yeah. So, what were the things you knew of the film?
1: So, look, I knew it was cult, I knew it was big. Um, I knew about one of the scenes. There's an iconic scene which I'd heard about. Um, Kind of, it's kind of the Star Wars thing where, like, most people by now know about the Darth Vader Luke relationship. If you didn't know, if you don't know that going in, you you really have lived under a rock. So, I, I knew about that that iconic scene my my mum's partner gary is uh, probably as big a fan as you so i've i've heard it talked about a lot okay but i guess it's just one of those things where i just felt like it was not going to be my kind of movie and despite the fact that i'm you know i love these kind of stories it just never got around to it and so it was it's really just this podcast that's pushed me into into going there
0: and at the time it was hugely anticipated because you got to remember this novel was a massive bestseller so the fact that it was coming to the screen was huge and the reaction at the time obviously re- the reviews were really good it made a lot of money at the box office but following the release of the film there was a lot of uh, they had a lot of oscar nominations and this was the famous Oscars where Marlon Brando, who's the star who is the godfather in the film, these are the Oscars where he declined the award. You might recall when he won the Best Actor award, uh, an Indian woman, I'm talking like a native Indian woman, walked up on stage says Mr. Brando turns down, declines the award. And then she spoke about the whole drama dramas with the local, the Indians. And it was a hugely controversial Oscars, Oscars uh, ceremony. But I mentioned earlier about the troubled shooter where there was a lot of Francis Ford Coppola was a sort of, sort of this, this wonder young director who real hotshot director. There was all these, these, the roles that were a lot of famous actors were auditioning for the roles. And there was rewrites happening and, if you were a fly on the wall during that production and they told you this is going to be one of the greatest movies of all time, they would have probably laughed in your face because there was a lot of dramas happening on the set. So, look, I think let's dive into it. But for those of you who haven't seen The Godfather yet and maybe want to go watch it, this is your chance. This is what we call the last exit before the freeway. So if you haven't watched it, you can access The Godfather. You can stream it on Fetch. And Fetch is just the
1: great way to watch movies. It's the best way to discover movies as well. They've got over 9,500 movies to buy or rent in the movie store, uh, as including all the latest uh, releases. Fetch gets them at the same time as Apple and Google and other platforms. Um, you can watch Fetch on your TV, your tablet, your phone, your choice of standard definition or high definition for most titles. A lot of people actually just choose SD to conserve bandwidth in a, in a world of streaming, and there's 4K available on selected new movies and, and worthy classics. But, my favorite thing Stephen on the, on the latest Fetch boxes with the latest Fetch voice remote, I can just click the button. I did this last night. I clicked the button and I said to my remote control, "Show me The Godfather." And it appeared on screen and Fetch gave me options. Do I want to view it in the movie store to rent or buy, or it was available to stream on Stan. So I'm a Stan subscriber. I pressed the button, launched it and watched The Godfather, 3 hours by the way. Yes. On Stan on a my Fetch. Movie, box.
0: But we'll talk about that, but now that you've seen it, okay? Yep. Now for those of you who are still with us, here's there's going to be a lot of spoilers. We are going to talk about the whole movie from start to finish. So now that we've seen it and yep. those listeners that are still with us, what are your impressions? What was different now that you've seen it for the first time compared to your impressions of did it live up to your expectations? Look, it absolutely did.
1: Now, I should I should clarify, I'm not um I don't hate the genre. I mean, i watch a lot of, you know, mafioso style shows, the Sopranos, Godfather of Harlem, a really recent one. I, yeah. I love this, this area. Movies, you don't mind
0: gangster gangster movies. movies. Actually
1: yeah. don't mind them. Yeah. Um, so, so it, it resonated beautifully because I actually saw a lot of storylines, you know, the five families and that kind of stuff yeah. that appears in other shows. So I was kind of immediately hooked in because of that uh, familiarity. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, I guess the challenge for me is it is such an old movie. I do find myself kind of second guessing just the the production, the shoot, you know, a lot of things about it, although it's nothing like what we'll find with other, you know, higher CGI movies. This is just, you know, just an old shoot.
0: Fun fact for you, mate. The word mafia is not said once in this film. Right. Not once is the word mafia mentioned in the movie. And why would that be? Because I, they because they, the, they internally refer to it as the family, family, correct? Yeah, that's right. So he, you've seen the movie. Yep. What's your tweet? How would you tweet this? So what? How many characters? got now? Two forty characters. You're allowed. You're what allowed a tweet, bit. So what would your tweet say if you to to to
1: about- tell people to watch it? I think I would say if you love the Sopranos, if you're into Godfather of Harlem, forget that. Go back to the original and watch the Godfather. Set three hours aside.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. So I'm in, what,
1: like I, I'm all in and I, I – in fact, I'm, I'm, spoiler alert, I want to
0: watch the the, the follow-up. Oh, the sequel. Oh, we'll, we'll be covering those. We'll be covering those. <laughs> but this was my oh, – I would say my 100th watch and <laughs> I like it a little bit more each time. Uh, it's such a rich film. In not only the, the, the quality of the filmmaking but the performances are fantastic, the transformation of some of the characters, but the whole – you know, there's the Godfather, who's the head of a family. It had a real Shakespearean feel to it, so yeah. it's like it reminds me of I don't know whether you studied at school King Lear. Remember the the play King yeah. Lear is obviously about a king. He's got three daughters. He runs a kingdom. It was it had that sort of Shakespearean quality to it. But here's another fun fact for you, mate. I remember watching this was re- released in a restored version when it came out on Blu-ray, they re-released it in cinemas. And I remember I was in the audience when they invited me to the, to watch the restored film at the state theater. And in the audience, I was a guest of Paramount in the row in front of me was Talia Shire who plays the Godfather's daughter and Gianni, Gianni Russo who plays the, her his, her husband in the movie. So I was watching them watch themselves, and I actually met wow. both of them. And wow. Talia Shire, if you're wondering where you've seen her before, a few years after this, she stars as Adrian in the Rocky films. She becomes, yeah. She's Rocky's wife in those films. But let's move just, on. With, just
1: was, before you move on, and I think this will be fascinating for people, you're watching a movie for the 50th or 100th time. Yeah. When you say you discover new things – I mean, is that because you can essentially tune out from the overall storyline and see past the arc
0: and see the detail? like what what yeah. are you seeing? i'm I'm seeing a lot of like well, performance is the thing that you see first, but you or you notice little things happening in the background. you notice that there is you know there's certain there's just a little subtle movement of the eye. one of the actors does something here the way this camera move they make, and you remember this is nineteen seventy two. So the, it, was, it was quite a technical shoot. Like, I'll give you an example. The very first shot of this movie, do you remember that in the in the office with the Godfather and the famous first line, uh, I believe in America. And there's a slow, you see this guy's face for like two minutes and the camera, you might not notice, the camera is pulling back ever so slowly, it takes two minutes to go to full out. And then you see the Godfather's profile on the left-hand side of the screen. Right.
1: That's just. just well, I'll, really I'll give you two like, that I did notice, and yeah. and one of them was in the the scene in Italy, and I, I swear there was a movement, and I, maybe I maybe I was seeing it, seeing through it, but I swear there was a movement where there was a, a beautiful old house and a tree, and I swear the camera went up and in, like it did this thing because yeah. because the tree's in the foreground, it did this thing where it it, it just gave different movement to the tree oh, that blew my mind, and then weirdly. Um, a scene where they move from um, from a garden to uh, a cemetery near the end, yep. it felt like the fade from the garden to the cemetery actually – put the the people that were standing out the front it felt like it was such a slow fade it put the people yeah. at the front in the garden and then moved
0: them there it was this weird thing i just it I actually rewound it and went that was interesting that was awesome now there are some good transition scenes we'll talk about one in, after one of my favorite uh, the memorable scenes in a minute but let's look at the cast the cast yeah. of this movie marlon brando was at the height of his powers here and uh, another fun fact about marlon brando he famously didn't learn his lines for this movie. Apparently, there were there were cue cards all around the set. And there's a famous. Oh, well. I've got. I own a few books about the Godfather. The Godfather. The annotated screenplay. The Godfather Legacy. Both great books. There's a great shot of Robert Duvall, who plays Tom Hagen, who is standing opposite um, Marlon Brando, and he, he is wearing a cue card. So on the front of his, on the front of his, like, the shot was just his neck up, but from below his neck, he's where there's a cue card for Marlon Brando to say, but you, you couldn't pick that he was reading off a cue card. It was a tremendous performance. But look who else is in the cast James Kahn, Al Pacino, Robert Duvall, Diane Keaton, Talia Shire. John Cazale, who was Fredo. These are they're on they're sort of uh, at the start of uh, of their trajectory. Well, that's just what I was going to say to you. Um, um, I know that Marlon Brando start.
1: was kind of at the height, but like Duval, so young in this co- yeah. comparatively to his career. I looked at him going, so he's not like stupidly young in this, but it just shows how his career has just progressed. In in what well, quite frankly, his his senior years. It's it's fascinating to watch that. And yeah. the Al Pacino thing, man, I've got to be honest with you, and I, I will get to this in the memorable moments. It was a while before I realized it was Al Pacino.
0: Yeah, right. I can, he's, 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 well, his transformation in this that that's one of my favorite his arc in the movie is incredible. From the guy who really didn't want anything to do with the family to running the show at the end of the movie. But he he was saying and through these books that I've read, he was of the impre- of the opinion that he was doing a bad job. There was this oh. this impression that, that he was expecting a tap on the shoulder to say, mate, you're not very good. We're gonna replace you. He he said wow. he had he had this amazing insecurity. When you look at his performance there, you think, my God, it's amazing. But yet he had this insecurity about him as well. So wow. But
1: I but I actually think, knowing that. And this is what's interesting about having these facts is I think knowing that and looking back at it, I think that actually played into the character because the character didn't want to be in that part of the family, didn't want to have that role. And essentially, even when he had the role as the head of the family, it wasn't, I guess, respected by everyone around. And so that insecurity, if it was there, actually played into it.
0: Yeah, it's re- remarkable. That, that's what I like about it. His, his transformation in this film is incredible. Anyway, let's move on, though, to the memorable scenes. Let, you, you can kick it off. What was the first – we'll try to keep the scenes in the order of the movie, but yep. what, what was one that stood out for you early so, in the movie? So I made
1: notes just as I went along, things that made me think about the movie as opposed to the plot. And the first one was actually – I thought it was fascinating because there was a lot of time while I'm sitting there going, who are these people? What is? I know what's broadly going on, but they're at the wedding – uh, Michael arrives late. Um, he's in his he, he's in his army uniform. He's sitting with his girlfriend, and he explains his family to his girlfriend—the story of the record contract. Yes, and it was at that moment Tony where he learned. Yeah. Mate, just that little tiny scene at the table, you learned so much about this whole family.
0: I I noted that as well. That was one of my things. And the word I wrote here was there was a lot of exposition. This was a, a chance for them, for you to learn who they were. You learned that... There's no – and a Sicilian can't refuse a, a favor on his daughter's wedding day. Yep. Have you been to a Sicilian wedding? Mate, I hope I'm invited to a Sicilian wedding. I'm going to be asking for lots of things. <laughs> that, uh, that was remarkable in itself. But just the sheer scale of that wedding too it was just like, yeah, have yeah. you ever been to an Italian wedding? They're, they're big. They're big occasions. Yep. I've been to a few myself. So it was good that that, well, that was uh, this real big start of the movie, started in a really big, big, bold way. And also, though, as you said – Explained kind of the machine how it works, and yeah. I, I love that story where he's explaining. He goes, my father went with the band leader, and the famous line that he says first. By the way, one of the quote we'll get to, but he made him an offer he can't refuse. Michael says that more often in this movie than the Godfather does, so he says that a couple of times. Marlon Brando only says it once. Yeah, right. Moving right along, I reckon the my next favorite scene was the well, the the whole. This was sort of a turning point. So the whole meeting with Solotso. so before this meeting, there was the talk about, you know, the white powder. They're, they're thinking here's, at the moment, the family's invested in, you know, they've got the, the olive oil business, but they've got their gambling, women, you know, yep. all these things that are what what the Godfather calls harmless vices. But yep. he he's asked to to back this venture by Solotso to – Get invest in the drug business, and so James Kahn speaking up saying, "Oh, you mean?" He he, he sort of gave up. He showed his hand a little bit to say, "Oh, he showed his interest." He showed his interest, and that's that's that sort of brings on kind of the next scene that I was going to talk about is the hit on the Don. Salotto knew that the family was interested. the The impediment was the Godfather, so that's hence the reason why they tried to shoot kill kill the Godfather because. This is business, not personal. This—that's the line. That was remarkable in itself. You missed the horse's head, though. No, but that's coming later. That's later. That's coming. They've shot. They've shot the don. Yeah, they have too. The horse head as well. But that—that's so. The the, the meeting
1: about the drugs was unbelievable to me because you learnt uh, again. You keep learning about how to be part of the family. You know what I mean? It was like he—they had this meeting and the look—the look from the don—and then he sends up. and says, "Listen." you never speak against the family you never yeah. speak your mind and never let anyone think outside about of the, outside the family that's no, true know. that
0: was true and now you're right we'll go we'll we'll step back in time where the whole from the wedding remember johnny fontaine turns up and says oh look this part I want to get into a movie and I like, I like how when he goes, he goes, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know. And then the Don the don blows up and says, I'm what sorry. do you mean? You get start acting like a man. And he, he sends um, to sends Tom Hagen to, to to deal with Waltz, the head of the studio. And then, of course, you're right, leads us to the most probably, I reckon this is probably the scene that people know about even without watching the movie. And this is so. when I refer yeah. to it
1: at the start without spoiling it, this is the scene yeah. I meant. I knew about the horse's head. Yeah. But I had never seen it. Yeah. So if someone, if I was on Millionaire and they said, you know, what's the most famous scene in The Godfather? I'd, I'd pick the horse's head, right? But man, that was some epic. uh It was an epic shot because when they first came into the bedroom, like you know, kind of zoomed in on the bed. You're thinking, I, I thought, is that is that the head in there? Like, because you know, I knew it was a happening. lump.
0: It's like this lump at the end of the thing. But
1: actually, the what I was looking at was just the dude, and he was strategically kind of on his side and up. And you're like, yeah. oh, and then he pulled the blanket back. Yeah, like, oh, that's just him. And then. There's just a little bit of blood. blood and yeah. then he pulls it back and there's a pool of blood. Yeah. And, oh, man, I just thought that was so
0: well done. Well, you can remember. But when Tom so – see, Tom Hagen's gone to try to help him, to convince him to give Johnny Fontaine the part in the war movie. Yep. And he said, look, I can make your union troubles go away. One of your stars is moving from, from heroin. And and he was sort of thought he was being muscled. But then do you remember when he took him home, he goes, oh, why didn't you tell me you work for the Corleones, Tom? Took, takes him back to his house, shows him the horse. Remember, Cartoon yes. was the name of the horse. Paid In the, in the film, he says he paid 600000 for the horse, and he wasn't even going to race him. So he showed his love for this horse. So that's Well, he what, did uh, say, though, he
1: did say, I'm not going to race him. I'm going to send him to start, start which is right. much more lucrative in the horse yes. game
0: than racing. Well, it, uh, the horse head in the bed, well, he got the – and, and that's, remember you were talking about the transition? Do you remember? Do you remember the bit when he sees the horse and he's just screaming at the top of his voice? Like and out, right. the next shot is the Don with this sort of little grin on his face at the start of the Salotto meeting. He's sort of, you know, this this is this is how far he can he, his powers reach. Yeah. Well, let's move on. I reckon another really memorable scene for me was this is sort of where Michael now comes into his own is when the Don's in hospital. Uh, Michael turns up all the all the guards have been told to go away by the police by the police captain and yeah. Michael sort of has to take charge he tells the nurse stay here uh he yes look the p- people are going to come here they're going to come here to kill you know who my father is they're coming here to kill him yeah. so he takes charge' it's, it's at that moment I reckon that he he that the, the switch he flicks the switch and says moves his dad into the other room and says don't worry dad I'm with you now that, Well – I know he's with him physically, but him saying "I'm with you now" indicated that I'm in. I'm in the. I'm going to help you now.
1: Well, you'll find this fascinating, and we should be clear. You know, we, you you can't see my notes. I can't see yours. My next note after the Don being shot said the moment Michael told his girlfriend to go home. Right, so Michael's yeah. heard that his father's been shot, um, and this is just before he goes to the hospital. And yep. uh, he tells his girlfriend to go home, which means you know back to yep. where she came from, no, not to the house. Yeah, New back Hampshire. to New Hampshire. Yeah, and I wrote a pivotal change in his character. There you go. Because that's the moment where he goes, oh, I've got, I've got to be invested now in my father and my family, not in you. And I like that is that you're right. That combination that 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 yep. whole scene there was was pretty critical. And the next thing I've written is. Only after what what is next what next happens, which is a, a fight out the front of the hospital with the police, that's the moment I realised it was Al Pacino.
0: Ah, there you go. Well, he gets his jaw broken. The police captain stands him up, breaks his jaw. But during this whole time, you've got to remember, the Don's in hospital, yep. sort of the family's weakened. The, the Sollozzo thought that the, the Don was dead. Remember, he they kidnapped Tom Hagen and said, the, the Godfather's dead. You need to make the, make the peace between me and Sonny. Sonny, who's a hothead to begin with, was just wanting to just knock off all all his rivals. But he said, yes, Tom Hagen says, oh, yes, you can stop me, but no, nothing's going to stop Luca Brazzi. Mm. You remember Luca Brazzi went to the bar. They kill him as well. And the famous, that's my next memorable scene, is when they receive the package where they receive the, the bulletproof vest with the fish inside it. This is a famous Sicilian message. Sicilian message. Super Luca Brasi sleeps with the fishes. And Michael, they say, James Kahn, before the package came in the room, James Sonny says to Michael, "Call, try Luca Brazzi again, will you? When they brought in the package and the fish inside, you see Michael put the phone down. He doesn't need to call him. See, he I'll tell you what's fascinating
1: about that. That scene where uh, the Don tells the guy to go to the other guy and he stabs his hand and they bash him up and kill him. I actually couldn't tell you who the other people were mm. like i it,
0: i hadn't put all that together yeah, lotso was the guy there, like i knew it was someone Tattalia. else totalia who's one of the, the son of the head of the other families totalia and Solozzo. remember they were in together
1: sure but what i'm saying is as i'm watching it i'm like okay so this is one of the other families has killed this guy that's kind of all i had i hadn't connected all the drug stuff as well so yeah. It's the, the, which is why I can understand how you can watch this thing multiple times. There's so yeah. many little extra it is intricate. Yeah, There's a
0: lot of little side plots and little things that happened, but uh, I, it, it really, the, the flow of the story is real. I don't think there's ever a dull moment in this movie. It, it's it, the three hours, I don't think you could cut a minute out of it. I think no, I you think need you could. all of it. I won't lie, okay. I, we'll, but, we'll, but not a lot. Yeah. Oh, you could just probably tighten it up in some place. What it is is it's cinematography.
1: It's it's longer longer scenes, and I'm talking minutes, not hours. Yeah. Um. That that just add to the value of the movie as opposed to the story. And I think that's where yeah. the difference is. Now I don't know how far you're going to jump ahead, but I'm going to, for my next moment, I'm going to the restaurant and yes. the and the and the search for the gun. So they've made an agreement that Michael's going to go and perform this hit. Well,
0: Michael says it. Michael says, you know what? I'll do it. Yeah. And 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 he, and then I love the line when when Sonny says to him goes, This isn't the army where you shoot them a mile away, you've got to get up to them closer go, but a bing, you gotta their brands over <laughs> your nice Ivy League suit. So <laughs> he says no, and then he uses that line again. He goes, No, this isn't personal. This is business. Yeah. So yeah. he uses that line again. And again, Michael's getting deeper into the picture here where he has to what a what a thing he has to act.
1: But in terms of his, as you mentioned earlier, his arc, this was the moment. My note here is I got nervous when he was in the bathroom looking for the yeah. gun. And again, it was scripted and and shot beautifully. It yeah. wasn't just he reached up and grabbed it. He reached up and he he reached around a lot. So my he first thought, thought was, yeah. crap, it's not there. It was <laughs> it was written and 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 performed to make the audience think for 10 seconds that the gun was not there and therefore this hit was not going to happen. But then he yeah. reached up again in the middle and it was there. So you know, and also he didn't do it exactly as he was told. He was told to no, just walk out down and down shoot. again.
0: Well, you, you'll know, and this is from coming from multiple views of the movie, when he sits down again, and even before he goes in the bathroom, I should mention, when he goes into the bathroom, there are several times in the film where they speak Italian. Yes. And there are subtitles. Yes. But in this particular scene, he, oh. says, maybe he says to the police captain, he goes, I'm going to talk to Michael in Italian. And he goes, yeah, no problem. There were no subtitles. It was just them speaking yeah. Italian, but you could pick up the gist of it. The gist of it was that Salotto was saying, he was saying using Italian words like antica, your father, this and that. He was basically saying the way, of, the way that your father does things, that's old school. Yeah. We need to do things differently. And so you, even, with the, you, even without the subtitles, you knew what was going on. And then he yeah. finally breaks out into English. He says, look, I, want, leave, I, don't want, I don't want my father left alone. And then he pulls out the gun and boom, boom. The perfect
1: execution. So where do you go after that? This is what's fascinating Mine, to me because well, it really I, does ramp up at this point.
0: It does, yeah. Well, the the thing – and they said before this scene, they said, well, look, you're going to have to go away somewhere where they can't well, – no one will know where you are. They can't find you. So what, what I've done, I've grouped the whole – he goes to Sicily. So I've, that's my memorable scene is that whole time in Sicily. So yeah. he's got a couple of bodyguards. He's in a house. Uh, Don, Don Tomasino is sort of his contact with America, and he's looking after him, and he meets – He's Apollonia meets the girl who originally he insults the father by thinking, Oh, I saw this woman. She was beautiful. Well, she was wearing a purple dressing he goes, Oh, geez, That was his daughter. He was insulting. Yeah. Her. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, that oh, bring him here. And they have, they, they become, they start the courtship and under the, the supervision of the family, they get married. Yep. And this whole sequence though, it's it only, I think it's about 20 minutes of the movie, 25 minutes of the movie. Uh, I, I'm not sure how much time has passed. I think we're talking 12 months has probably passed in this time because they said at least a year is going to be away.
1: Yeah, I felt like it, it was it was not that long at the start because he still had the bruise on his face and yeah. things like that. So I felt like it was only months early, but I felt like the whole thing to where he's essentially going home might have been within the year, so not a full year because it, it was like he should have come home after yeah. a year. And but you got to
0: remember, too, during this period, so obviously there's flashbacks, flashback to the U.S., and this is also where Sonny gets hit. Well, Sonny's, so I was just going to say,
1: my yeah. the, the because you've grouped the Sicilian thing, my, there's two things that happen here which are critical. And again, I've written in capital letters, oh, my goodness, in, in other words, they kill Sonny in yeah. the most brutal way. And then almost straight after that, I'm like, oh, my God, they killed the Italian wife. Yeah. I mean – it's it's a brutal like
0: fifteen it, it, minutes of the show. It is, it is. It's a shock. That's, that's one shock after the other. And I remember the, the even even watching it for the hundredth time. Watching Sunny get shot on the causeway is 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 just really jarring. But also too, this innocent victim Apollonia was going to make. They said, oh, she's going to make a great American wife. And just yeah. it goes to show just how the tentacles of the of this of the of the mafia reach everywhere. But, and they got they got to him there as well.
1: Also, in, in scripting and character work, the bodyguard who, you yeah. know, runs away in guilt because clearly he was involved in the
0: hit. Well, remember he asked me at the start, he goes, boss, are you going to be driving, boss? He goes, yeah, and to me, he goes, no, Apolloni's going to go to a mother's house where it's safer. Mm. But then the other bodyguard says, oh, no, she wants to surprise you with it because, remember, she was learning how to drive? Yeah, yeah. Now, The whole thing, even w- knowing what's coming, you, you still, your heart goes out. But the the whole, that whole sequence was, Again, another a, a huge. I think probably the most beautiful part of the movie really, yep. really modestly yep. shot. If you got a nice big widescreen TV, I think even in HD, it's not on 4K, yeah, but it is really nicely done. One thing I've noticed too is that the movie has a certain tone to it. It's sort of, it's got it's got like a not like a coppery tone. It's not it's not a bright movie. Yeah, you notice a lot of the scenes are dark. It's a real dark, darkly shot movie. Yeah, the, the scenes in in Sicily were were brilliant, but. See what, the fascinating another... thing for
1: me after the after the explosion of the car was it was a very rapid fast forward to Michael being the head of the family at that point yeah. like
0: well, it, yeah, well, it, it just shot ahead didn't it don well the don comes home from hospital so he's sort of back he's back in the in the picture uh then then we see where Michael has decided to he's met kay again remember he meets kay he goes oh he says she says how long have you been back she says oh a year longer, I think. So now, from the start of the Sicily sequence to now, you're it's probably talking time two and, time. and a half to three years have passed. Yeah. So that's sort of had a lot of time for Michael to establish himself as now the head of the family, and then now they're talking about the move to Vegas, to Nevada, and how they go to meet Mo Green. I think mean, that that's a that whole Vegas sequence too. Fredo's already there. Yep. I've Fredo's there. Casino negotiations. The you know. The, yeah. And this is the time that scene in Vegas, too, is when he uses the term the second time, uh, I'll make him an offer he can't refuse. Remember, he says, oh, Mo Green's going to sell a share of the casino. And Fredo goes, I guess Mo loves the business. He never told me anything about this. He goes, I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. So, you know, hang on, something's going to happen there. So that really establishes Michael as in that sequence where, where Fredo almost sort of takes the side of Mo Green. And, and he says, Michael says to me goes, Fredo, you're my brother and I love you, but don't ever take sides against the family again.
1: Which, again, was a flashback to the drug negotiation with the Don. It was basically Michael's way of pulling Fredo into line in the same way that the Don pulled Sonny into line at yeah, that other meeting, don't you exactly think?
0: exactly right. Yeah, that's true. Exactly right. So here from, well, I don't know what your next memorable scene is. But in the my garden. One, the garden with the Don, with the, with his grandson. Is that what you're talking yeah. about?
1: Yeah, I, I wrote. He's losing his mind. So you could cl- clearly see there at that point that he's he's starting to lose. Repeating it. himself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, Apparently, he's clearly, yeah, a bit he's of trivia. That scene. The script was written, by the way, by Mario Puzo, who wrote the novel. Was co-written by with Francis Ford Coppola, the director. They wrote the script. Right. The my understanding is the scene with Michael and 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 the Don in the garden, where he's asking, me, he you happy with your family? How's your boy? He looks more like you every day.'" that scene was actually written by someone else. I think uh, William Goldman, maybe I might be wrong, but another screenwriter came in to sort of, right. to to troubleshoot that scene. And it turned out really well, like the, the Don saying, look, I'm sorry I'm repeating myself, but I, he goes, men, men can't be careless. Women and children be careless, but men can't be careless. And yeah. and, and he kind of had a re- sense of regret to say, I, I thought I would, I wish for something different for you. You know, Senator Corleone, yes. Governor Corleone. He sort of said, you know, I'm sorry that you've ended. Him basically saying, "Look, mate, I'm sorry that you've ended up like this." And then Michael assuring him, "Yeah, it's okay, Pop. I, I can handle it."
1: And the last thing I wrote was it was a combination of the the funeral scene and and that garden meeting with Michael. I wrote that it was a it was a critical line that the Don, essentially hours or minutes before his death, said to Michael, yeah. "The person who comes to arrange that meeting,
0: yeah, he's a traitor," and he was right. He uh, he wanted to arrange the meeting with uh, with Barzini. And it was Tessio. Tessio was one of his – well, there was Clemenza, who's one of, he, he's one of his capos, and, and, and Tessio was his other soldier, so they had their own little group of their crews. But they are old Tessio. But my last scene, and this is a massive scene, is where I've just written, settle the family business. <laughs> so Michael's agreed to become the godfather to Connie, his sister, and Carlo's son. And this is the scene where he's in church. He's got an alibi. He's in church. Acting as the godfather. And where he kills all the heads of the five families. Yeah. In a bridge was that how did for for a first time watch, how much of a shock was that where he just wiped everyone out?
1: It was a massive shock because I assumed it was about killing the traitor. So I'm like, Oh, that yeah. dude's gone. Like it, that's that's gonna be a problem. Um yeah, no, that there's see, and that's the great thing. The the funny thing about this movie being so iconic, so old. And again, we talk about Star Wars. Like, There's so many things that are just spoiled about that movie. Yeah. There's no, I had no idea about what happens yeah. in this movie. The plot of this movie was unknown to me. And I think that's actually why it's a great thing to watch first time now. It's completely yeah. legitimately surprising many of the scenes.
0: Okay. Have you got any other scenes? We're going to move on. No, I, ended,
1: be, I ended. at the at the at the
0: settle the family business. Yeah. Of course. Now uh, we're going to talk about the. Did you catch the line? Your favourite quotes here, and we've oh, we've already mentioned you can't really go past. I'm going to make him an you offer know, you can't I can't refuse.
1: I didn't even realise it was the first quote in our in our intro as well. Isn't that funny? It's the first yeah, quote in the first movie. But you know, I'm going to make him an offer I can't refuse. I, 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 that's clearly iconic because, again, both the Don and Michael say it. Yeah. And I think that 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 really sets the movie you know it's this handover of power um to be honest
0: that was the only thing that stood out for me the other the other quote that i really love is in the first scene when he's talking to Bonacera, who's the uh, the undertaker who wants the justice for his daughter who yep. was mashed up by the guys and he the, the the whole crux of that scene was that look you never came to me for counsel you never wanted to be my friend but now that you need my help you want to be my friend yeah and then there was this great line where he says he goes, if you had to come to me in friendship." These, the scum that ruined your daughter will be suffering this very day. And he says, if an honest man like yourself makes an enemy, then they become my enemy, and then they will fear you. That's one of my favorite quotes yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. The, other, the other we mentioned as well was the uh, uh, Luca Brasi sleeps with the fishes. That's uh, I've seen that, like made uh, the parodies of that in other films. Yeah. Uh, my other favorite too, I don't know whether you picked this one up, was when they discovered that Paulie – was sick on purpose, so the old. that's when they made the shot. Remember, Paulie wasn't the driver that day. Fredo says, that's okay, Pop, I don't mind driving the car. Paulie's sick. He's a good kid. And they decided, oh, Paulie, oh, we're not going to see him anymore. That famous line, which did you hear, had you heard this line before, where he shoots Paulie and he says to the guy, leave the gun take the cannolis.
1: <laughs> I did hear that. Yeah. I thought to myself, that's, that's a very Famous,
0: yeah. famous, famous line. Move
1: the gun, take the cannolis.
0: My other favorite is uh, where Michael's interrogating Carlo at the near the end of the movie. And he says, but don't, he says, don't tell me you're innocent because it insults my intelligence. Yeah. That I thought was one of the first times I'd heard that in a movie. They're my favourite lines. Did any others stick out for you, mate? No, mate. I, I think that's the challenge with with watching something first is
1: unless it's an iconic line globally. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know how how lines like that jump out. But no, making an offer you can't refuse is one that sticks with yeah. me. So the thing about it is now, though, hopefully those things now stick with me as I, I start to remember those where they came from. I would well, never the, have known where that came from if it was a question in a quiz.
0: The other—that's the other thing I want to say to you too. Like you—you're you're a big Seinfeld fan. You're probably a fan of The Simpsons and all these shows that refer to these iconic movies. Like I, I, it reminds me of my children who laugh at The Simpsons and people who laugh at Seinfeld but don't get the reference. There yes. is a Seinfeld episode where he mentions the Don, mentions the Godfather. Right. There is a scene and the very end of the movie. Do you remember the very end of the movies when he asks? Um, the the Michael's asked by Kay, Michael, did you kill did you kill Carlo? And he says, Look, don't ask me about my business. And he goes, I'll ask, I'll let you know this one time. And he yeah. says, No. He lies to her, obviously, right? Well, she he walks off. Him. She walks off to making them a drink. Remember that? And yeah. then Michael's in the room, they're kissing his hand, to, you know, Godfather, he's the godfather. And then a famous last shot is the door closing. Closing, yeah. And you see that. And they Seinfeld replicated that. Seinfeld, you, you watch that you episode. Know. I'll try and find out the episode. There's a scene where they shut the door and Kramer's sort of behind there going like this and the door shuts on him like that. You okay. you, you, watch that. Remember, he goes, oh, look, they massacred my boy. Remember he he hurt his pinky? I'll try and find the episode. But you now that you've watched The Godfather, you'll have an appreciation for that okay. as well. All right. Anyway, let's move on to the section that I have to call, how did that happen? Some plot holes here, Okay. okay. My first one is – why wasn't Fredo shot with the Don? Remember Fredo was there, the yeah. Don was with him. Why did Fredo survive? Did they know that he was a bit of a, you know, a bit of a lightweight that they they thought, "Nah, we don't need to get rid of him." So, he survived that. He didn't suffer, he didn't there was no injuries to him at all. They yeah. just focused on the Don, so he got away with that. I always, I've always questioned that. With all the times I've watched this, I've always wondered about that. My other my other question too is and this is kind of a two-parter here. Carlo was the, obviously turned into this sort of abusive husband for Connie was bashing her. I remember yep. the first time he yep. got pushed up and, and Sonny saw the sister you know, Connie with a black eye. Yep. My first question is how the hell did he get away with doing that more than once? Uh, that's true. Because how did bat- that happened. Yes. Right. But the second part of that was kind of led up to this part where Sonny getting shot at the toll booth. And it was, it was rather convenient for Sonny who's a hothead to blow his top to race off by himself without a bodyguard to confront him.
1: well so I, here's here's how I read into that so the 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 beating uh, at, at the sister's house was the reason he got the call to go round there and he, he he went as a hothead as a brother he was going to look after his sister. he but was remember it
0: happened twice though the first time it happened he went and bashed the hell out of uh, out of Carlo.
1: understand but that's right. what he was going to do again, right He was going right. to bash him again. And he got in the car and drove away. But remember, the, um, the lawyer, Duval's character, Tom Hagen, yeah, Tom, says, go, go. And they all got in the car behind him. So when, no,
0: they said, go after him. But yes, do you remember,
1: though? But the they history. went after him. But they, they were nowhere to be seen. Like, if they went after him, why were they not – this what I this is the plot hole I had there, was he's at the toll booth for, you know, 30 seconds
0: before hell breaks out. How are they a minute behind? yeah. It was just It just seemed to me like, because you cast your mind back, there was another scene where, remember how Sonny was knocking off the bridesmaid as well? Remember he was yeah, yeah. He, at the wedding, he, he, he was there, and then he went to her apartment? Do you remember? He went to her apartment at the height of the war, and in the apartment you'll notice that there were people all up the stairway guarding yeah. him. So he was so careful in that instance, but not so careful in this instance. It just goes to show, I guess, what a bit of a hothead he is. Okay, my other my other question is, and this goes back to probably one of the most famous scenes of the movie. Who put the horse's head in the bed? Who did that? It wasn't Tom Hagen. I don't think.
1: No, he's not a person. Hack
0: off a horse's head and put it in the bed. So they've obviously had someone come in, someone pretty good and quiet that can do that. I'm so I,
1: I don't question that because I, I, I see that as an indication that the family has people everywhere.
0: They can reach you everywhere. Yeah. That kind of says, look, we can do every, anything we want. Yeah, that's, that's
1: what true. that says. Yeah, You've got a horse. Worth ridiculous money at the time because you've got to remember six hundred grand in the in in the scene where this is set is, is crazy money. It's amazing. So man. so I think it it does make that point.
0: The other the other one, my last one is when Michael settles the family business. Right, amazing scene. But doesn't that go against what the Don promised at the meeting of the five families? He said, "I swear on the on the on the lives of my grandchildren." That no one in this room would they're not going to do anything. So did it did it take the Don dying for Michael to say, right, I'm doing it my way? So it's sort of him settling yeah. the family business, killing all the members of the five families, the heads of the five families, really goes a total backflip on what the Don promised when he was trying to bring Michael back from Sicily safely. It kind of goes against that, doesn't it? So but it does. I think the fact that the Don dies and Michael takes over he waited don't forget it's, he waited to do all that until after, after his father passed away
1: it's like literally the the moment where it all changes for
0: the family that that's simply well, what it I what, think what it's what kind of means. fight or flight kind of re- reaction i reckon yeah okay nick moving on we're going to talk about the things you might not know okay here's a really cool one now you remember remember Luca Brasi at the wedding remember he was there he was trying to recite his lines oh yeah yeah when he was talking to the don he was sort of flubbing his lines and yes. was was not getting it right. I thought it was a brilliant bit of acting to f- to flub it in that way in well, the in the scene. It's funny you should say that because actually the actor who played Luca Brasi is a guy named Lenny Montana and apparently he was so nervous acting in front of Marlon Brando in a scene uh. with Marlon Brando, that was him for real. That's how <laughs> he was acting in front of Marlon Brando. Uh. And the director, Francis Ford Cobalt, said – I'm leaving that in. That's brilliant. So (laughs) he kept that in. because I looked at it and went, that's so well done. Yeah. Well, that was him being so nervous in front of Marlon Brando and it turned out to be gold. Wow. The other really cool thing you might not know is that the – remember in the very opening scene where there's a cat in Marlon Brando's lap? Yep. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. And you're a fan of cats? Yeah, I'm
1: a fan of cats. Can I tell you just just as a sidebar, the thing at that moment with the cat – and also several scenes um, where they were w- just walking indoors and stuff, it made me realise how much foley stage work there was in this show, you know, yeah. because, like, the cat purring, the, well, the audio in this, in this movie was so
0: pristinely quiet with these very clear well, points. I thought uh, it was that, fascinating. That, I'm glad you heard that because that cat was never meant to be there. That was a stray cat that, that Marlon Brando decided to have in his lap. They actually had to redo a couple of takes because the cat was purring so loudly in that scene. Wow. So. Well, I hang on. The too- real,
1: the real fact or nugget I want, if you've got it, question without notice, yeah. is the, just the, the way he did his voice and, and like, yeah. what, what did he pack in there? Was it wool. chewing tobacco? What was no, he-, he?
0: apparently had cotton, cotton wool in his, in his cheeks. Right. And apparently, when he was when he not he didn't audition for the movie. He said, "Look, this is how I want to play him." He put these all these like these big wads of cotton balls in his mouth, and that sort of gave him the sort of the puffy cheek look, sort of the bulldog sort of look. Yeah, and that all obviously changed his voice as well. Yeah, so right. that's how he came up with that look. But nice. I've already mentioned the fact he had the cue cards all around the place. That was a pretty famous thing. Did you know Talia Shire, who played Connie, is the sister of Francis Ford Coppola? I didn't know. It's his it. sister in the movie. Now, my man George Lucas had a had a role. My man George Lucas, who's the creator of Star Wars. Is and he was he was the creator of Star Wars. <laughs> Francis Ford Coppola was like one of his mentors, one of his one of the people he worked closely with. Yep. He shot and directed this the mattresses scene. Remember they goes, Well, we're gonna to go to the mattresses. Remember that yes. montage yes. where they're all laying on the mattresses and all the headlines of the newspapers about McCluskey being corrupt. That section of the film was d- done by George Lucas, who would go on to create American graffiti and, of course, Star Wars as wow. well. Uh, the other thing that you might not notice either is that when this film was turned in by Francis Ford Coppola, the 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 amazing reaction they got from uh, Robert Evans, who was the head of Paramount at the time, he said it was too short. Huh. <laughs> He said it needed to be longer. He needed to flesh it out. He wanted to see more characters. The initial the initial cut he turned in was 2 hours and 5 minutes. But Robert Evans insisted, "No, this has to be longer. I want more character. I want I don't want you to cut things out. I want more character development, more action, more stuff in it." So Francis Ford said, "Sure, I'll do that for you." Wow. Um, the other thing was too there is a version of this film, Godfather, and obviously they made Godfather Part Two, and I own this too on on VHS. I've got it. There's a there's a version of this movie called The Godfather Saga, which combines Godfather Part One and Godfather Part Two and puts it in chronological order. Godfather Part 2 is a flashback where Vito Corleone is coming up in the world and Michael Corleone is already the head of the family. There is a version where all those scenes of Vito as a kid then go into the Godfather and then continue with Michael as the head of the family. They they sort of combine Godfather Part 1 and Part 2. They called it the Godfather saga. Wow. Okay. Did you notice? There's a couple of little things. I'm just asking you whether you noticed this. I've already mentioned the fact the opening scene, that single shot was a two-minute zoom out wow. that was actually done on a computer rig. They had a, had a computer to to pull the camera out slowly uh, for two minutes straight. One wow. shot, single shot. The other thing, did you notice a bit of a blooper where Sonny, when he turns up to to smash up Carlo after the first time he bashed up Connie, Sonny has the biggest air swing in the world. You know, oh, he, I did see he, that. He punches yes. him, he him by a foot. I thought that was <laughs> awful. Yeah, it was a big air swing. The other <laughs> thing, too, did you notice the when when Tom Hagen and um Jack Waltz, the house they were in, the Waltz house, they call it the Godfather House, right? This is a it's a, a mansion in Los Angeles in Beverly Hills. It's uh, over like four acres. It's this massive home. It was also seen. In the, more recently in the film The Bodyguard with Kevin Costner huh. and Whitney Houston. That's Whitney Houston's house in The Bodyguard. It was also used by Beyonce in a music video and John and Jackie Kennedy spent their honeymoon in that house as well. Wow. This movie went on, it was uh, the, the the house I should say, went on the market in the US in April this year. I don't know if it sold, but the asking price was a lazy $135 million us dollars well, you have
1: to be doing very well
0: right uh, let's wrap it up mate what so g- give me a, a rating Ooh. and how you'd recommend this film for me i'll tell you straight off I've, I've already said this is my number one film for a reason it's just excellent all character the way it's shot story it's got everything it's a perfect 10 for me how would you rate this and how would you recommend this to other people
1: That's a it's a challenge mate because a, it's the first. So it's like um, I always wonder how judges of anything uh, start because you, you've you got to be careful. If I go 10 here, like, it, it gives me no room to move in the future. Yeah. So there's oh, no way. Yeah. You, there's you, no, can't,
0: you can't pick all the good singers first. You've got to leave some in the bank. Is that right? That's
1: right. There's no way I can give this a 10. Yeah. I I totally accept what an amazing movie it is. I totally accept everything about it and, and have no drama recommending it. For me, it's it's an 8 probably. Like, it's it's not my absolute favorite style of movie, or you know, so many parts about it. I, you know, it's it's also old, and that's a, that's going to be a challenge for any of the older movies we talk yeah, about. Do
0: you do you feel that is that something that you that sort of not prejudices your judgment because the fact it is an old movie is that something that sort of detracts from it, or can you appreciate it for the time it was done?
1: I, I I I need to put my head in the space to make sure I appreciate it for the time because yeah. there was one moment where I was watching it and it was. But not only was I looking at the quality of it, but also just some of the, the the way it was shot. Thinking, imagine if this was shot today, and then I went, "Oh God, no, that Could would be it? awful." Yeah. Because I, you got to remember, I imagine they would destroy it because they it would was
0: try too hard. In 1972 was when it was yeah. released, but it was set in 1945. Is that That's what you're right. referring to? Is that what you mean when you say old?
1: Yeah, uh, both. Both. I'm talking about both okay. parts of it because I uh, like, I don't have a problem with the time frame. Yeah. Uh, of the of the movie being set, yeah. but just it the was set time just it was after made. the
0: end of uh, World War II. so the war had just finished. Michael was obviously he served some in some great in,
1: cars in it and stuff like that. Yeah, which, some great which, stuff. That's how I date a movie is which cars are in it. But look, <laughs> I, I, so for me, it's an eight out of ten, and I I just think that if any, and I, as I said at the start, it's a genre thing. You know, if you haven't watched this movie, but you've had you've had any fascination with movies around mafia families and this kind of activity, then yeah get all in, but you do, I, I said to Stephen just before um, I watched it, I said, do I, does this need my full attention? Like there's times where I just need to do a bit of work. Uh, I, I think this needs your full attention. Yeah. Um, I, I just shelved everything and and essentially, you know, parked the it, work. It drew you in though, eh? Like it I, did.
0: Well, my message to you was, Look, I'm hoping that this just grabs you and doesn't let go of you for three hours, and yeah. I think that's pretty much what it did, didn't
1: it? It did absolutely. The, I put it this way: there was only one point where I checked how far into it I was, uh, and that was because I was getting nervous about time frame and work. And I went, I still got an hour to go, but I'm 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 fine for time. It didn't. F- let me be clear, it did not feel like a three-hour movie.
0: Yeah, no, it, it, it's, I, I agree. I, I don't think it's you – know, that, that's when you can tell a good movie when you, you, you're not looking at your watch. Yeah. You're thinking, wow, this is amazing. But there it is, The Godfather, my favourite movie of all time and maybe hopefully yours as well. The listeners I'm talking to, you might uh, have the same sort of feeling towards this. And I think the that's great the, thing uh,
1: is that this, among many other movies, are the kind of movies you can find – on Fetch. Um, If you haven't got a Fetch, you can pick them up at leading retailers or check with your your ISP. Your internet provider might actually uh, have plans that allow you to get a Fetch in your home, put it up to your big screen TV and you've got a world of entertainment at your fingertips or at your voice because you can have voice control.
0: That's right. Well, that wraps up our first episode of the best movies you've never seen. We've covered The Godfather. Tune in next week. We're going to be to a movie that's a little bit more recent. We're going to be talking about Sully the film based on uh, Sullenberger who who uh, crashed or landed the plane in the Hudson. Uh, starring I, still, I, know,
1: I know the story because I'm a news buff, so I know exactly yes. what the story is, but I have no idea what kind of the backstory is and, and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Well, so I'm looking forward we'll to that be,
0: one. We'll be talking about that next week. So hopefully you can join us and hopefully you might have, uh, might watch the movie in before that. So you can join us for the whole show instead of getting off at the last exit before the freeway, but been great having your company, Trev. Great that you – I'm so happy that you've finally seen The Godfather, (laughs) and I'm so looking forward to you, to sharing the experience with you, moving forward in this show, introducing you to some of the best movies that that you've heard of but never seen. I look forward to it, mate. Can't wait for Sully. Good on you. Let's talk next week.